passage and then look for his blessing in that. Before I read this text, let me pray once again and ask for the Lord's help. Gracious God, you've told us that we do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from your mouth. Lord, would you open our eyes to see wondrous things in this, your word. Speak, Lord, for your servants listen. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Hear now the reading of God's holy word, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 through 7. Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See, the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan, and each of us get there a log. And let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, Go. Then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water. And he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. And the man of God said, Where did it fall? And he showed him the place. When he had showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, Take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. May the Lord add his blessing of understanding to his holy word. My grandfather on my mother's side loves to tell the story about my great-grandfather, who we refer to affectionately as Poppy. Poppy was a wealthy businessman back in the early 1900s, did very, very well until he lost everything when the stock market collapsed in 1929. As a result, his family went through some very, very tough times struggling to make ends meet. Several years later, the, st- the family was still financially in trouble. And one particular Sunday evening, they found themselves without any food in the house. And as everyone was getting ready to go to church for Sunday night worship, Poppy saw a plaque that hung on the wall that he hadn't seen in a while. The plaque read, Jesus never fails. And in a moment of doubt and discouragement and despair, he looked at that sign, flipped it over, and walked out the door. It just didn't seem like the Lord was providing, and it felt like he had indeed failed. Can you relate to that? If we're honest, you and I often are prone to think, feel, and act like my great-grandfather. We forget how God has provided in the past, and we doubt that he'll provide for us now or in the future. Yet thankfully, God in his grace gives us countless examples in Scripture of his faithful provision. And that's exactly what we find here in this short little passage tucked away in the book of 2 Kings. You see, because God is the creator and sustainer of all, we can find great hope in his faithful provision. And in order for us to see this from our text this morning, I want us to notice three truths about God's provision. First, we see in this text that God provides for the seemingly insignificant. Secondly, God provides in the seemingly insignificant. And then third, God provides through the seemingly insignificant. God provides for 
in and through the seemingly insignificant. You know, at first glance, this passage might not stand out as that important of one in the Bible. I mean, this isn't your beloved text that you would want read at your funeral, right? It's not Romans 8 or John 3.16 or Psalm 100 or Psalm 23. Now, my guess is that most of us gathered here for worship on a Sunday morning do not doubt what happens in this text. Normally, we don't see iron floating, but we believe in a God who raised his son Jesus from the dead. So we think, well, sure, God can raise Jesus from the dead. Yeah, he can make an iron axe head float. So we don't doubt that this happened, but if you're like me, oftentimes you read a passage like this, you think, oh, that's cool, an axe head floated. All right, what's next? Let's get on to something that applies a little bit more to me. But if we stop and examine the details, what we'll see is that this text has so much to say to you and me here, 2022. And so this seemingly insignificant passage first teaches us that God provides for the seemingly insignificant. If you have your Bible, look back with me at verse 1. It says, Now the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See, the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Who are these sons of the prophets? Well, we don't know a whole lot about them, but they seem to be a kind of prophetic guild. And they're following Elisha around, learning from him. And so they're kind of like prophets in training. We could kind of call them Old Testament seminary students. What that tells us is that these aren't the spiritual giants of the Bible. They're not Noah or Abraham, David or Daniel. They're ordinary people who have grown in number and now they need more dorm rooms. Moreover, if you look with me at verse 3, it says, And one of them said, and then down in verse 5 it says, But as one was felling a log. You see, these men are so insignificant, the Bible doesn't even tell us their name. Which happens so often in Scripture. So many people, we don't even know their name. A man was doing this. A woman went here. God, in his infinite wisdom, didn't think we needed to know their name. They're just normal people. And on the surface, they seem insignificant. Brothers and sisters, do you ever feel insignificant? In a world of over 7 billion people, we can feel like we're just one drop in a bucket, a number on a list. It can be easy to think that we've kind of gotten lost in the shuffle. I mean, there's the Queen of England, whom everybody knew, and then there's you and me, that only a few people know. At the same time, we can also feel insignificant in the kingdom of God. I mean, you and I aren't the Apostle Paul, or John Calvin, or Billy Graham. And as a result, we tend to believe the lie that God only cares about the significant people, the ones who are actually doing something for God's kingdom. That in and of itself is not true, but we can be tempted to think that way. And then there's little old us and our situations and what we're doing. And God couldn't possibly care about us here in Winsboro, South Carolina, 22, could he? Because we often feel insignificant, we're prone to forget about and doubt God's provision. This passage reminds us that God does care about us. 
And he does provide for us. He cares about those of us who feel like we're just a nobody. He provides for us. Don't ever let the devil convince you that God won't provide for you because you're insignificant. God delights in providing for his people. And this text makes that abundantly clear. And not only does God provide for the seemingly insignificant, secondly, we see that he provides in the seemingly insignificant. That is to say, God provides in those situations that don't seem like that big of a deal. The kind of mundane, day in, day out life. If we take a look at the context of this passage, we see that it's sandwiched between two big events in which God provides in massive ways. In chapter 5, 2 Kings 5, we find a man named Naaman who has leprosy. He hears about the God of Israel and the prophet Elisha And he goes and is healed by washing in the Jordan River seven times. We have a man healed with a pretty significant disease. But moreover, this has important geopolitical ramifications, for he is the commander of the army of Syria, one of Israel's great enemies. God provides for this pretty important dude, the commander of the army, in a big way. If you have your Bible, look at the passage right after ours in 2 Kings 6. Here we find Syria warring with Israel, and things seem pretty bleak for God's people. They're surrounded by chariots and horses, and then we see how God provides. Look with me, 2 Kings 6, starting in verse 15. When the servant of the man of God rose early in the morning and went out, behold, an army with horses and chariots was all around the city. And the servant said, Alas, my master, what shall we do? He said, Do not be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Then Elisha prayed and said, O Lord, please open his eyes that he may see. So the Lord opened opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, Behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Can you imagine being there and seeing what just happened? You're terrified. You see the enemy all around you, you think, oh, we are stuck, we're trapped, there's nowhere to go. And Elisha says, hey, don't worry about it, there's more uh, people of us than with them. He's like, uh, Elisha, I don't know what you're talking about, like, there's just a few of us. Lord opened his eyes and he see, and the hills are full of horses and chariots of fire. You're like, man, if I saw that, my faith would be amazing. God provides in a big way there. So we've got Naaman, and then horses and chariots of fire, And then you find our text. An axe head doesn't seem like that big of a deal. And in some senses, it's not. It just affects this one man, or at most, a group of young men. But does that matter to God? Not at all. He provides for this one man in a seemingly insignificant situation. Through the prophet Elisha, God causes this axe head to float. God delights in providing even in the seemingly insignificant situations of life. Friends, this is great news for us. We can find great comfort in knowing that God provides in the little situations of life. You and I have all sorts of seemingly insignificant things going on in which we need our God to provide. We must remember that just because God is great... 
It doesn't mean that he is too big for us in our seemingly insignificant situations. Rather, he cares about small things and small people, just like you and me. Friends, the hairs on your head are numbered. God cares about your axe head. So what is your axe head? What is that seemingly insignificant thing in your life that is causing you distress and that you need God to provide? Maybe you're struggling financially. Maybe you're scared you're going to lose your job or you just lost your job. Maybe you have family conflict. Maybe you're struggling with infertility. Whatever it might be, what is going on in your life where you need God to provide? God cares about your accent. Now, what are you doing with that? Well, what does this man do? He cries out in verse 5, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. And then he shows Elisha where it went in. You see, if I was this man, I would be tempted to like be diving in the river and going swimming. Like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to find it. It's up to me. Because I messed up, I'm going to provide. But this guy says, <laughs> on my own, I'm not going to make this better. I've got to cry. I've got to tell somebody. He cried out for help, and God provided by making it float. Are you crying out to God? about your axe head, about your situations in life? Or have you believed the lie that God has more important things to deal with? You know, as a pastor, sometimes people will come and share with me something going on in their life, and I'll sit and listen, and I'll say, well, let me pray for you. No, 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 John. Uh, you know, there's bigger people with bigger needs. Pray for them. Don't spend your time on me. Maybe you've thought that way before, too. Friends, the God that we serve is not bound by time and space. He can handle more than one situation. He can handle more than one prayer request. Nothing in your life is too small for God. Cry out to him. Let him know about what's going on. God is not too busy for your accent. Bring it to him. Friends, God provides in the seemingly insignificant situations of life. Yet the reality about these things is that so often they're not just insignificant. They're a big deal. At least they're a big deal to us. And at first glance, we might miss the significance of what's going on for this young prophet in training. You know, you and I might think, hey, uh, his axe had flew in Why don't he just go down to the Israelite Home Depot or Lowe's and buy a new one? Like, problem solved. No big deal, right? Well, it wasn't that easy. As verse 6 tells us, the axe head was made of iron. Why is that important? Well, iron was a rare commodity in Israel at that time. 1 Samuel 13 tells us that the Philistines had a monopoly on iron, which meant it would have been very, very expensive. This man, being a seminary student of sorts, was not able to have his own, so he's borrowing. And when it flew into the river, he found himself between a rock and a hard place. Or we might say between some iron and a wet place. This was something he could not replace. It was like he had wrecked a borrowed car. So what would he do? More than likely, he would have had to indenture himself as a servant to pay off this debt. And so we see upon closer study 
that this man's seemingly insignificant situation was actually a big deal. And God provided for him. The fact that Elisha made the axe head float prevented him from having to be a servant. You know, often our situations, the ones that seem insignificant maybe to other people, are actually a big deal. Maybe it's the loss of a pet. Or a friend that other people just can't quite understand why you're so upset. Maybe it's the death of a loved one years ago that people are like, come on, get over it. You're like, that's not how it works. Maybe it's a minor issue with a coworker. Maybe it's something small in your family. We all have tough situations in our lives. As one of the former pastors, church that I was at before, coming to Rock Hill, he would always say, there's pain in every pew. Even the normal day-to-day life often has trials and tribulations. God provides for us in all of our situations, the biggest, the smallest, and everything in between. And the story I opened with about Poppy and his family, the Lord provided. The family got home from church that evening. They found the cupboards filled with food. The Lord had placed upon someone, they never found out who, but had placed upon them to go and take food to their house. Friends, the Lord provides. He doesn't promise that he'll give us everything that we want or even what we think we need. But he will give us what he knows that we need. And we know that because he gives us himself. He gives us his presence. Friends, how has God provided for you? Maybe you would do well to spend time this afternoon and write down some ways that God has provided for you and your family. Because we can be so quick to be nearsighted on what's going on. Life is hard now. What has God done in the past? We've seen that God provides for the seemingly insignificant, in the seemingly insignificant, and now lastly we see that God provides through the seemingly insignificant. And we see this in a couple of places in our text. First, back in verse 3, it says, And then one of them said, Be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. You see, these young men want to chop down some trees to build more dorm rooms, and Elijah's like, All right, Elijah's like, Go ahead and go. And they're like, Hey, why don't you come with us? And he's like, all right, cool, I'll go with you. He didn't know what was going to happen. The young man who's going to lose his accent didn't know what happened. Yet God orchestrated their steps so that Elisha would be there and could make that axe head float. God provides for us in similar ways. He's a God who works in details to accomplish the exact things he desires. Sometimes it's fairly insignificant things that provide for our need. A few months ago, a man in our church had an appendicitis and ended up in the hospital. Not a very fun thing. And because his appendix had ruptured, he was there for several days. And while he was there, the doctors ran multiple tests like they often do. And one of those revealed that he had, unbeknownst to him, Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the doctor told him, you know, if, if you hadn't had this appendicitis and we had done these tests, it would probably been three or four more years at least before you would have had any symptoms. And your prognosis might have been very different. The Lord used something insignificant like an appendicitis. I mean, that is a big deal. It can kill you, but cancer untreated can certainly take your life. 
God used something seemingly insignificant to provide for this brother in our church. Maybe you can think of someone you know with something similar. God also provides through the seemingly insignificant in this passage by what Elisha does. How does he make this axe head float? Remember? He cuts off a stick and throws it in the water. What was special about that stick? Was it magical? No, we don't believe in magic. There's nothing special about that stick. You know, some commentators will will like to think, well, maybe he used the stick to reach down in the water and to pull it out. Friends, the text does nothing like that. So he just throws it in there, and then it floats. This is a miracle. There's no other explanation. An ordinary branch of a tree is used to make sticks float. God didn't need that branch. God could have made that iron axe head float on its own. But God used something like this to accomplish his ways. And God can and often does the same for us. He uses what looks like something insignificant to provide for us exactly what he wants. Maybe it's a word of encouragement from a brother and sister after church. Maybe it's a much-needed warm and sunny day after the rain. Maybe it's a thoughtful gift from a spouse. Maybe it's a handwritten note from someone that you haven't talked to in years. God uses things that you're like, this isn't that big of a deal. But man, did it encourage me. Man, did it provide exactly what I wanted. And often he uses us to accomplish his purposes for others. You see, God works through the seemingly insignificant, and often that's us for other people. And he often does that through prayer. Prayer can seem like something pretty insignificant. Now, we might not be so bold as to say that, but our lives might reflect that. How many of us spend a lot of time praying? Like, oh, that's not that practical. I've got to move on to the, my to-do list. But God uses prayer to help. Maybe you're tempted to think, hey, the only thing I can do is pray. I don't have money to give. I'm older and I can't serve like I used to. Really, the only thing you can do is pray? That's the best thing you can do. Why? Hear what Pastor A.C. Dixon says. When we rely upon organization, we get what organization can do. When we rely upon education, we get what education can do. When we rely upon eloquence, we get what eloquence can do. And so on. But when we rely upon prayer, we get what God can do. When we rely upon prayer, we get what God Almighty, the King of the universe, can do. Don't ever despise the seemingly insignificant. God very well may be providing for you or for others in and through it. God delights in providing for His people. He is a good Father who provides for His children. He does so for the seemingly insignificant, in the seemingly insignificant, and through the seemingly insignificant. Friends, the truth of this passage that God provides for, in, and through the seemingly insignificant is most clearly seen in Jesus Christ. Think about Jesus. Where was he born? In a small room in Bethlehem. Where was he from? Nazareth. Remember, Nathaniel says, can anything good come from Nazareth? Seems insignificant. He wasn't born in a palace. And how did he save us? He died on a cross. Really? A Roman execution to provide for your and my biggest need? Yes. 
1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved is the power of God. The cross of Jesus might not seem like a big deal to the world, but for us as Christians, it is the biggest deal. For it is how God provided for your biggest need and my biggest need. Our sin. Our debt was paid on that cross. Friends, life is hard. You and I are prone to forget that God has provided throughout history. We doubt that he'll provide for us. But be encouraged. The great Baptist pastor Charles Haddon Spurgeon, many people don't know, really struggled with despair and depression. Very successful minister. The Lord used him to bring many people to saving faith. would preach to thousands. But he often couldn't get out of bed because of his depression. Yes, Spurgeon found great comfort in knowing that God provided. And this text was a source of comfort. He would often repeat out loud to himself, The axe head did swim. The axe head did swim. Friends, may we remind ourselves that the axe head did swim. God made it float. If he can provide there, he can provide for you. So cry out to him. Remember he is a faithful God. And worship him because of that. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you that you are faithful and you are good. Lord, you provide for those of us who are just normal, everyday people. God, don't ever let us believe the lie that we don't matter that much. And that you're busy with more important people or bigger troubles. Lord, would we cry out to you. When we remember what you have done, when we look to your word and see countless examples of how you have provided for your people, and when we praise you for your faithfulness in our lives, give us faith to believe that you will continue to provide for us. Keep us from despair and despondency. Lord, I don't know what my brothers and sisters here this morning are going through, but you do. Father, provide for them. Meet their every need. And remind them that your word tells us that you will never leave us or forsake us. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God and Christ Jesus our Lord. Father, would we find comfort in knowing that you provide through what seems insignificant like prayer. And our small actions towards others. Would we be used by you to meet their needs? Lord, if you prompt us, would we follow your spirit's guidance? We pray this all in the strong and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. We do want to affirm our faith.